0: Regardless of whether you know the name Norman Greenbaum or not, you most definitely know his hit 1969 song, Spirit in the Sky. This uplifting single has appeared in countless movies, TV shows, and commercials, with its use showing no sign of slowing over five decades later. This week, we're joined by Rock and Roll Candle Company founder Sam Strangland to get spiritual about Greenbaum and decide if he should have kept pumping out hits or if his goat just needed him more than we did.
1: Going up to
2: the spirit and- Guy. It's where I'm gonna go when I die When I die and the name me to rest I'm gonna go to the place that's the best One
1: hit is all you need To make the money guaranteed And you can live off royalties
0: Well, welcome to the show, Sam. We are here today to talk about Norman Greenbaum's Spirit in the Sky. And it's one of those songs where, even if you don't know the name of the artist or even know the name of the song, you know this song. Everybody knows this song. And I gotta tell you, This song always makes me think. I don't know why. I don't know what show or movie or what put this idea in my head, but it makes me feel like when you're about to have a real look-at-me-now moment in a movie, like maybe if you were like... ugly nerd. And then all of a sudden you came back after summer vacation and you make an entrance into a room full of people that used to make fun of you, but now you're really hot and like jacked or something. Or, and maybe Is it the wearing, fuzz box sound basically ma- for yeah, you maybe wearing a real, Maybe making you wear a really cool jacket. So Sam, do, does that make you feel that way or do you have a different uh association with this song?
3: It 100% makes me feel that way. And I nice. can tell you the moment <laughs> I first heard it, which was the movie Michael with John Travolta. And he like gets his wings and this song he was up <laughs> and it is just forever ingrained in my brain.
4: You know, what's so funny is when I did research, there was a list of movies that featured this song and I wrote down the list and Michael wasn't on it. And I was like, am I insane? Cause I feel pretty sure that this song is definitely in the movie, Michael. So I'm so glad that that was your reference point. Some other ones, if you may remember hearing it vaguely, it was in Wayne's World 2. It was in Apollo 13. It was in Remember the Titans. It was in Ocean's 11. And apparently it was in a bunch of Nike and Kellogg- Kellogg's commercials. So uh, a lot of income coming to Norman from this song.
3: 100%. And he also keeps yeah. a list on his website of <laughs> every commercial and movie and appearance it's ever been in, which I think is kind of great
4: <laughs> i read a quote where he said that uh he said that today he thinks that the song still sounds fresh today is the day it was recorded and that he gets letters all the time from funeral directors telling them that it is the second most requested song to play at a memorial service next to danny boy
3: yeah wow which was recorded and released in 1910 <laughs> i found that very fascinating second most requested
0: why are people getting buried to this? What why? Is it going to the sky? Getting, yeah, they're going oh. up they're,
4: they're gonna take you up to the spirit in the sky. That's where <laughs> you're gonna go when you die, Chris.
0: So, I was w wasn't thinking about the whatever the theme of the song whatsoever i was thinking more of just the sound of the music and i'm like are they pushing the casket into the room like as if it's real badass or something this is never never has
4: you and i've talked about this before how i'm a lyrics guy and you're a music guy and it has Uh never been more
0: clear than this second I, i i don't think about the subject matter of this song whatsoever i just think about like the badass nature like someone's Making that that moment where they walk into the room or whatever, I completely forgot about the fact that this is kind <laughs> of, and it's funny because isn't it kind of blasphemous? Weren't Christian people kind of actually pretty mad about this song? They were mad Damn because you said I never <laughs> sin in it, and they're like,
4: "No, you um. always sin." That's like, <laughs> but it's written <laughs> That's by what an, Christians a, a man. do. Yes, right. it was written. It was written by a guy who grew up. In an Orthodox Jewish family, and he has never left Judaism. Um, and he said that he was watching, he was watching TV and he saw, I forget who the star was, but it was a guy who had mostly appeared in Western films singing a gospel song. and Carter Wagner. He, there, thank you. And he said, like, that's what, you know, that's what he thought about. He was like, when I was a kid, I would watch these westerns, and it was the exact quote was the these mean, nasty vermits get shot, and they want to die with their boots on. So to me, that was spiritual. They wanted to die wearing their boots. The song itself is simple. When you're writing a song, you keep it simple. It wasn't a Christian song of praise. It was just a simple song. I had to use Christianity because I had to use something. More important, uh, But more important, it wasn't the Jesus part. It was the spirit in the skies part. Funny enough, I still want to die with my boots on. <laughs> Um and I just sure. think that he's like yeah this is just like a goofy weird song blending like western like western movie logic and like gospel music just because he thought oh this would be fun but apparently he tried like multiple versions of this like he before mm. he landed on the version that we got he did it as a folk song he I, I think I heard that he did it like as a reggae song he tried it like he tried every genre <laughs> and then when he brought his acoustic demo to reprise records, they were the ones that were like, we're going to completely rearrange this because we see something in here. And that's when they brought in the fuzz box and the gospel choir and like mm-hmm. the big production. I don't think this song would work as just an acoustic. If this, if this song was released as just him singing with acoustic guitar, we would not be talking about it on this podcast.
0: Yeah. Um, Couldn't agree more. Yeah. It's definitely uh very recognizable and, a big part of it being recognizable is the production of the song on a side note, I love saying, and I've definitely said this on the internet a lot <laughs> as a person who is uh completely not religious and never gone to church. I always like boldly saying, I'm definitely going to heaven. I got a front row seat. I've never sinned <laughs> to which, <laughs> which that I will always get at least one message from someone <clears throat> like- cor- correcting me on that <laughs> but uh you know. Sometimes you just got to put it out there, you know?
4: You know, Chris, we've talked about this before, that every once in a while we have uh, these rare cases where you've got a one-hit wonder who's technically a two-hit wonder, once with a band and once as a solo musician. And it was a minor hit, but before he went solo, he formed a band called Dr. West's Medicine Show and Junk Band that had a novelty hit called The Eggplant That
0: Ate Chicago. Yeah. Hey, Sam, did you listen to that?
3: Oh, yeah. About the alien invasion? Yeah.
4: Uh, (laughs) yeah.
3: (laughs) The precursor to Spirit in the Sky was The (laughs) Eggplant That Ate Chicago.
4: I like that that it was basically like a psychedelic jug band. Like, that was the sound that they went with for his
0: band. I love it. You know, Spirit in the Sky is a lot different than a lot of other things this guy has, and I gotta, I gotta show you right now. I actually have a copy of this record right in front of me. I bought oh, this wow. record at some point in my life, many years ago. I was trying to impress a girl I liked. I think and bought <laughs> bought this record because I knew she, I wanted, I wanted to have it in my record collection, and and you know. I didn't know anything other than this song, but there are some weird songs on here. There's a song on, I'm holding up the Spirit in the Sky album, by the way, listeners, I know you can't see this, but um, there's a song on here called Milk Cow <laughs> about getting a, getting a cow to milk. <laughs> it's, it's definitely, I will say that Spirit in the Sky stands alone in his catalog. It's definitely uh, uh, the standout track.
4: Which brings up the question that I want to know is that Sam, you had this one locked and loaded. Like you, we we reached out to you about being on the show, and you sent us a list, and this was the top of your list, uh, which wasn't even on our long list that we sent out to guests. It was a huge oversight on my part. What what is it about this song that that made it so one of the first things to come to your mind uh, when the uh, offer was extended for being on One Hit Thunder? (laughs)
3: Well, I have to say it has stood out in my brain since that Michael movie, which I think I was like 10 (laughs) when it came out. (laughs) But I just picture John Travolta with his wings and this song, and it was just so badass. Um, And then, you know, throughout my music loving career, it's just constantly come up. And it's just one of those songs that you can play no matter where you are. And it just makes you feel great. Like you're ready to go, you know? And he hasn't done anything else. And and then the more I researched him, I was like, he really has not done anything else besides goat farming, which, yeah. you know, maybe there's milk cows and then there's goat farming.
4: <laughs> His personal life page on Wikipedia is approximately three sentences. And it's just that. He accidentally killed a motorist, and then it ends with, he then soon returned back to performing. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, like, it was like, this is this is like it's missing huge chunks of, of this dude's life in any public way, where I guess, yeah, he just became a goat farmer and came kind of recluse. Yeah, That's-
3: goat farming, and then a chef after he couldn't land any more record deals because Spirit in the Sky was so big that he couldn't do anything after it.
0: Can we go off on a tangent here? What if you're a goat farmer, (laughs) if you're a goat farmer, are you doing it purely to milk the goats to make goat cheese and get goat milk? Is there some other like I know with all the other animals, you have chickens, you're going to get eggs or maybe eventually you're going to kill the chickens and eat the chickens. If you have cows, you're going to milk them. Maybe eventually you're going to slaughter the cows. Goats. People don't really eat goats, right? Or do they?
4: Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, I just literally went on the (laughs) wiki. I I went to the wiki page. I went to the wiki page for goat farming, and it says people farm goats primarily for their meat, milk, and skins.
0: For their meat? Who's eating goats? (laughs) Not I. I Goats, Matt.
4: (laughs) Three quarters of the global population eat goat meat. Five percent of worldwide meat consumption and eight percent of red meat consumption. Really. Um, I I, I feel like that's fairly low at the same time. Like, that's
0: less than 10% of all of the meat in the world. Is there some name for meat or for goat meat that I don't know that I don't realize is goat meat? Like, how they call cows beef and how they call pigs pork? Is there a name for goat that I just don't realize is goat?
4: (laughs) No, I think there's just, like, goat sausage, which I have never had and don't really plan to. But, ew, (laughs) <laughs> sorry oh. don't if, if you if you're like an animal if you care about animals even a little bit don't go to the goat farming wikipedia page because they show some brutal things under the Jeez. goat skin page don't no, eat goats don't, yeah no
3: don't, just goat uh, milk if anything
0: yeah goat i i guess i've never thought about milking a goat but i do think goat cheese is pretty good even though it sounds weird i think it's pretty good do you guys have an opinion on goat cheese <laughs> I don't. You don't.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm not a big cheese person, but I think okay. if I can eat cheese, maybe goat cheese. Um, yeah, but it's wild yeah. that this was his side hustle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I also okay. wait. I also
4: yeah. want to point out that this is a guy who came from Boston, so it's not even like he like grew up on a farm and went back to like oh. what he knew from childhood. Like it's like this essentially feels like. He just he had a passion for goat farming that he well, saw as a second thing.
0: Did you guys happen to watch the music video for this which was like it seems way before there were music videos but it was some sort of promotional video for this where it's him playing and it's all the the women dancing behind him. Did you did either of you I see that? I did not
4: catch that video uh, today no. but I have seen
0: it previously. Yes. It is it is very um hippie slash Woodstock looking, yeah. which makes sense for the, okay. the time that it was filmed. And so maybe that could explain I feel like if I was a hippie at that time going and having a, a farm and raising my own food and living that lifestyle, that it makes sense. It checks out in a way. Yeah,
3: Yeah, I agree. And this was recorded in San Francisco, so Petaluma yeah. is in NorCal, so there's an easy connection there. I also sure. read that it was his wife's idea to be a goat farmer and they did it until 1970 to 73 when they got divorced and then that was his the end of his goat farming career oh (laughs) (laughs) so that answers that
0: okay that makes sense then that checks out
1: Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. I'm not going
0: to lie here. I've become a factor fanatic lately. I'm a busy guy and getting to eat restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat in two minutes has been amazing. Eating better is easy with Factor's Delicious, ready to eat meals. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You have 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And also, there are more than 60 add ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. I've been spreading the word to everyone I know, not just here on the podcast, but in person as well. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. You get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week, plus you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the math doesn't lie. Factor is less expensive than takeout, plus, considering every meal is dietitian approved, it's also nutritious and delicious. So what are you waiting for? Get started today by heading to Factormeals.com slash 1HIT50 and use the code 1HIT50 to get 50% off. That's code 1HIT50, the words 1HIT and the number 50 that is, at Factormeals.com slash 1HIT50 to get 50% off.
3: We're making an ad. Snapping yeah. ads. I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. <clears throat> So um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The (laughs) Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape.
2: Real life, real drama,
3: real time. I'm Gary Sinise.
2: That's the ad. ad.
1: That's the ad. That's the ad.
0: This song, though, it's skyrocketed to number one. And what I saw was almost all worldwide markets. How is that possible?
4: You know what's the one market it didn't hit number one? The United States. It peaked at number three in the U.S. Uh, But Chris, listen to actually everybody. Listen to this top five. So this song peaked at number three on April 18th, 1970. This is an all bangers top five, in my opinion. At number five, future episode for sure. Edison Lighthouse, Love grows where my, where my rosemary goes, fucking mm. great song. Number four, John Lennon, Instant Karma. Ooh. This was this was chilling at three. At number two, Jackson Five, A B C, and the number one song in America, The Beatles, Let It Be. Whoa! Wow. <laughs>
3: Competition <Wow>. for real. <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay, so Let It Be and Instant Karma. And ABC were all in the charts at the same time. At the same time, wow!
3: Kudos to Norman.
0: Yeah, <laughs> right. That this one-hit wonder was up there with. You're talking about the Beatles, and I mean, and a of, beetle. The Beatles, <laughs> yeah, the Beatles, <laughs> a beetle, and a band with Michael Jackson in it. <laughs> like. That is that is just a um, a real turning point a real moment right there wow and this is part of it and of those songs this one for this one to be now i don't know if there's any proof of this but supposedly the most prevalent song in movie and tv show history i would believe that
3: yeah yep because i think what you uh... just described
4: that fuzzy guitar riff Mm -hmm. is so quickly identifiable to people that Mm. they use it for so many. I feel like it's people's entrances. Well, Sam, you said that his website has got like a whole page dedicated to just every time the song is used in something.
3: Yes, exactly. And I think it's been used in over 60 films and 30 commercials that are listed. And each time he gets $10,000. So he's just been living off the royalties of this one hit wonder.
4: Yeah. And I mean, he's the sole writer of the song too. So it's like, he's not even really having to split the money with that,
0: that many people at the end of the day, that's just profit to him. Yeah. Yep. Um, as far as the lyrics of this song, which is obviously not something I usually pay too much attention to, but it is a song about looking forward to going to heaven. Right. That's that's what's going on here. Okay. And, uh, Did you happen to listen to his follow-up single? The one that did not crack the top 40. It peaked at number 46. Did either of you guys hear this? You you
4: talking about canned ham?
0: Oh, I uh... sure (laughs) (laughs) ham. Canned ham. Where the refrain is, when are you going to buy me a canned ham? (laughs) Doesn't hit quite as
3: well as spirit in the sky. (laughs) No
0: when when are you gonna buy me a canned ham is uh, i don't know that sounds do you ever eat a canned ham matt that seems no, like something but i mean no? chris it
4: seems like a fair question
0: um <laughs>
4: i look i've told you this uh before and this i will probably at one point eat some form of a canned ham uh because right the weird owl podcast we're going to uh at some point we're going to do a live stream where we eat uh, every food that Al has written a song about and he did write yep. spam so that'll be the first time I have spam yeah <laughs>
0: like... I don't I don't dine on swine but <laughs> I still wouldn't even if I did I don't th- I think I'd be staying far away from the the spam and the canned ham
4: <laughs> I'm looking at a list of I just pulled up a list of movies that feature this song and man it is there are so many <laughs> There's so many. It just keeps going. Like, I think it's more than 60 at this point, because I'm seeing, like, The Longest Yard, Suicide Squad, This Is The End, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, mm-hmm. Out of the Shadows, Contact, a movie I have not thought about in forever. Like, there are so <laughs> many movies and TV shows that feature this. An episode of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Like, mm-hmm. it is... It this I, I think you're right, Chris. This might be the song that has appeared in more TV shows and film than any other song. Yeah, If the Beatles uh, no. yesterday is the most covered song of all time, this is the most utilized song of all time.
3: I was reading that after it appeared on marvelous Mrs. Maisel in May of this year, the song earned 9.5 million on demand. U- uh, official U S streams and 9,000 downloads, which when really? I first started researching this, I went to Spotify, of course, and I looked it up, and it had over 437 million plays on Spotify. I looked today, it has gone up 4 million plays in, like, a couple weeks.
0: I don't... Like, who was hearing this song for the first time in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel this year and was like, man, I got to download that song? It just... I I like the song. I will... I will say that I I like it, but I've heard it in so many things that I don't think I have a lot of desire to listen to it. If that makes sense, it reminds me, Matt. What's the song? You're gonna know what it is. Maybe Sam, you'll know what it is too. The song from The Sandlot. That's like a, it's like an instrumental. Green song. onions
4: by yes. Booker T. Yeah.
0: Yes, <laughs> this song reminds me of that in a way where it's just like always used in the background of things. I, I'm so surprised that people are are just checking this out now and that I don't know. So I'm
4: on his IMDb page and I'm scrolling and I'm scrolling just through all of these movies that feature spirit in the sky. And then I get to sex drive, which is a Uh just a dumb sex comedy from the two thousands. But it says the writer of, I don't care and directly below it. It says fallout boy. I don't care the writer. I don't care and I check on the page for this random Fallout Boy song that I vaguely remember from 2008, and he is listed as one of the songwriters of this song with Fallout Boy, and I don't know if it's because wow. they sample something of oh, his yeah. and he got writing credit, L- or like, what?
0: It has to be. That's, that's like the era where they started, like, putting the monsters theme in their songs and stuff <laughs> like they do some really dumb stuff. Uh, but yeah, that has to be what it is, man. I hope so. Like the idea I don't that this they guy teamed up with Norman.
4: Yeah, I was going to say the fact that Norman may have came out of retirement <laughs> to write a single song with Fall Out Boy and for, then went right for back for to the Go sex Park. Drive soundtrack. <laughs> Does that but movie I really have kind to... of wish yeah. Happened. <laughs> yeah, me too. You. There that, what, is no information on this Wikipedia page saying what like normally would be like Norman gets a songwriting credit because they sampled this song from him. Like that's so fucking funny.
0: Didn't that movie <laughs> star like that dude who was on The Office but only on like the last Clark season? Duke? Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought Clark so, Duke yeah.
4: and Seth Green, and then a bunch of people you've never heard of or seen in the rest yeah. of your life. Yeah. Is it is a it actually has I will say this is really funny. My friends and I bought the unrated version of the DVD. Oh, so in wow. 2000, <laughs> so in 2008, like studios were constantly doing this, right? They'd put out like an R rated movie and then they'd put out the unrated version of the movie. Mm-hmm. But when you put the unrated DVD in, it starts with the directors being like, hey, um, we didn't have any deleted scenes <laughs> to add to this to make it unrated. So, we just filmed a couple naked men and naked women, and they'll just periodically show up on the screen. And <laughs> you'll just be watching funny. the movie, and then it'll just cut up to a close up of like a flaccid penis. And then the movie will just wow. keep going. Like, it is the craziest <laughs> DVD I've ever purchased. That's actually pretty good.
3: <laughs> I kind of want to go watch it now and <laughs> <Yeah>, listen <laughs> for I... this song. <laughs>
0: i love how much of an impact michael made on everybody in this conversation (laughs) i would have assumed that everyone forgot about the movie michael had we talked i feel like we've talked about the movie michael before matt
4: yeah Uh, well uh, because michael also came out it was (laughs) there was this weird period in 96 97 where john travolta was doing pseudo spiritual movies because it was michael and phenomenon like back uh to back and they are like like they're almost inseparable in my head and it was like and then phenomenon and powder kind of feel like one in the same that also came out around that same time like mm-hmm. it's just a very I, and that was like peak me watching mtv and nickelodeon so i'm sure like the commercials for those played at like random intervals on those channels all the time uh but yeah michael i don't think i've actually watched michael more than once but i know for a fact that this song is in it because i think this was the sound
0: tra- or the trailer song as well yeah. for michael makes sense wasn't i do believe so when travolta first became an angel in that correct me if i'm wrong this might be the only memory i have from it was he had he like had his wings but wasn't he like smoking a cigarette am i right about this that he was like a a real rough and tumble angel
4: (laughs) i don't remember but i hope that it's yes i and i hope that he's described as a rough and tumble angel a couple times in the
0: movie too (laughs) Sam, am I right?
3: (laughs) I feel like he had like a leather jacket on and a cigarette, but it's been decades since I watched this movie. But I do think you're right. Like he's like the fallen angel, right? Yes.
4: I want to check something else. Hold on a second. Sorry, I'm still scrolling through this IMDb and. It also has it listed as Beavis and Butthead. And if Beavis and Butthead did a commentary to the Spirit in the Sky music video and I didn't watch it,
0: no. I'm very
4: upset with myself.
0: No, they weren't show. <laughs> I-, I was surprised y- you two could watch it after the fact. It was like the third thing that came down when I searched on YouTube. I'm surprised that there was some sort of music video to this. It was a r- legit music video and it was obviously made then. It's him like, you know pretending to play the song there's like six women dancing behind him it gets very uh trippy at some parts um close-ups of him playing guitar yeah it's very woodstock looking all right
3: it was released in 1969 so that checks out yeah
0: for sure uh
4: that's absolutely wild it the song appears oh it's the cover okay in season one, episode 14 of Beavis and Butthead, the episode titled Lawn and Garden, they react to the doctor and the medics cover of Spirit in the Sky as one of the music videos. Oh. Oh, okay, <laughs> I don't know who that is.
3: That version came out in like 1986 or something. And yep, it's a glam cover of it. him again. Yeah. <laughs> so this song Spirit in the Sky has hit number one three times on the UK charts, and that was one of them. Two different covers have charted it to number one again. Like, the song just keeps on giving.
0: Well, I wonder... No wonder this guy just ended his music career. He never needed to do anything ever again. This song, not only was it a hit song that continued... You know, people know this song, but it's been in everything. The royalties from this song must be insane. This guy... This guy, he could be a billionaire from this song. <laughs> How much it's been used. I mean, could you imagine between, I'm sure it's still played on classic rock style radio and oldie stations on top Absolutely. of on top of hundreds of commercials, movies, TV shows. I, you know, we usually criticize people who don't follow up their hit, but this guy was probably just like, I don't even need to. I've done it. I've done it all.
4: Yeah, as far as I can see, just scrolling through the IMDb, it appears in at least two to three films or TV shows every single year. Yeah, like wow, so, so that's that's guaranteed money every single year. He knows that the Spirit in the Sky royalty checks are going to be coming in no matter what. That's crazy. That's well, Chris, really... you know what that life is like from.
0: Snooky and Wow and oh, yeah, <laughs> the right. Rise of Taj checks uh, that come rolling in. Well, wh- <laughs> what's crazy to me is, is I have a uh, couple friends from a band that, you know, we've known forever. Uh And they, I just saw them this weekend at a music festival that we played at, and they wrote the hit song by Jelly Roll. Okay. <laughs> they wrote wow. his hit, they wrote his hit song that now, I saw them I'm like, hey, you know, they're like, hey, what's going on? I'm like, yo, congratulations on all your success. That's insane. Like, all of a sudden, you know, people that have been trying to do it for all these years wrote a wrote a hit song for someone. I guess that's a... I only heard it for the first time recently, but I'm like, damn, this is like a number one song, you guys, right? That's pretty pretty and
4: impressive. Like, and like a number one song, the thing that's impressive with Jelly Roll is that like, you look at the charts right now, and he is literally in the top five of the country charts and the rock charts
0: simultaneously with different songs. (laughs) Wow. Well, I know they wrote that Need a Favor song. Yeah. Um, But Anyway, what I'm saying is, if you write one good hit song, man, you might be set. So Norman Greenbaum has been more than set. But the important question here is, did he bring the one-hit thunder or was he a one-hit blunder? Because I don't know how much you two dove into the rest of his catalog. I dove in a decent amount and I'm not so sure I'm big on canned ham or uh, milk cow or <laughs> what about
4: California earthquake? The only other song he had to crack the hot 100. <laughs> oh, I don't think I heard that one.
0: <laughs> it, it peaked out great. at 96. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How deep did you go, Sam? How, how deep did you go into his catalog?
3: It, not so deep, but I did hear California earthquake. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he, he nothing really compares. He just went a little folky after and uh, not so spiritual gospely.
0: And maybe we should be giving a lot of credit. And Ma- Norman Greenbaum, I sure hope he's giving a lot of credit to staff producer Eric Jacobson from Reprise Records, who radically rearranged the song from what it was. He seems to be the mastermind in this arrangement that we all know and love and has been used in everything. So maybe we should remember the name Eric Jacobson a little bit, uh, right alongside Norman Greenbaum. I hope that Eric Jacobson got at least a few points on this song because he would probably be set for life as well. But I don't know. How how do you feel about Norman Greenbaum in general, Sam? You think he uh, brought the thunder or you think this was a blunder? You think this was just a a lucky break or you think this song is so good that it it just... it would be crazy to call him a blunder after that. What do you think?
3: It's a weird one because I feel like this song was so good that it dimmed anything else he did afterwards. He could never get back on track. So mm-hmm. is it that he's a blunder or is it that he was just so good in this song and that's all he needed? I would say he's a one hit thunder.
0: Okay. She's, uh, Matt, how you feel about it? I think that he's a
4: blunder. I want to go back to Eric Jacobson, though, because Eric Jacobson, I wanted to see what else he's been up to. What else has this man touched? Uh, He also uh, was the... So he began began working with a songwriter named Brian Elliott. um, And then they formed the Elliott Jacobson Publishing Company. And one of the first projects they did was when Madonna covered one of Brian Elliott's songs, "Papa Don't Preach,"
0: Ooh, uh, was something that he wow. worked on,
4: and then he teamed up with Chris Isaac, and they worked together, and he helped work, uh, he helped produce the double platinum selling album, "Heart Shape World," and the song "Wicked Game." Oh, so Eric Jacobson, I think, is a uh, underappreciated thunder
0: in the story of Norman, <laughs> um, and, and that spanning. That's spanning. This song's 1969. Papa Don't Preach is like 84, 85. Five. And then Wicked Game is like 95, mid- 96. 95. Like. He is at least once a decade, he's having a song that, <laughs> that lived on. I think Eric Jacobson, if you're listening, you're your major thunder, Norman Greenbaum, man. I Seems like a know- nice guy. Yeah, I always want to a clarify goat that farmer. <laughs> he's a goat farmer who lucked out with a <laughs> He's a goat farmer who wrote a song during the Woodstock era that he was lucky enough to work with Eric Jacobson. And I, I, I don't know how I feel about Norman Greenbaum because all these other songs are so silly. I mean, <laughs> I think his second best song honestly is the Eggplant that Ate Chicago. I was
4: literally just going to say I feel like I would rather listen to more of the band that did the Eggplant song because at least it's like really out there and weird and like a like I don't think it's as good as Frank Zappa, but you know how like sometimes you just listen to Frank Zappa cuz it's so strange. That's yeah. what I imagine this Dr. West's Medicine and Junk Band would sound like is just like weird. Like yeah. I I'll listen to some uh, weird shit before Norman's <laughs> folky shit.
0: Right. Like, he
3: was saying when he does play, which is not, he doesn't really tour, but he'll play mm-hmm. occasionally. They just do 40 minute renditions of Spirit in the Sky. So oh my I god. Think-
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> that can't be true. <laughs> what, yeah, you don't think the crowd wants know. to hear milk yeah. cow, Norman? <laughs>
3: like- Canned ham.
0: Canned ham.
3: Canned ham, I can't. Be-
0: I can't. Be- I was about to give him thunder. Then you dropped <laughs> that. You dropped that bomb on me right there, Sam. I know. Back in back in two thousand three or two thousand four, I toured with Tommy Two Tone, famous for eight six seven five three zero nine Jenny, uh-huh. and he opened and closed with the song. And then in the middle of the set would do like an alternate version of that song. And it's just like, wow, like really? But this, I think this, the fact that he does an entire set that is just this song, I don't, I don't know if I can give this guy thunder. That is, that is ridiculous. That's, that might be one of the most ridiculous facts that we've come across on Three and a half years of doing this podcast, so. Um,
3: <laughs> but is it so thunderous that he can do forty-minute versions of it?
0: Oh, that's a good it, point. That's a good. Great. Oh man, <laughs> people people are paying money for it, Chris. What? <laughs> mm-hmm. People are paying money to hear a
4: forty-minute rendition think, of "Spirit in the Sky." <laughs> that's so funny that I have to give him thunder.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, yep, yeah, I turned yeah.
4: <laughs> I I do want to yeah. give a quick shout out to this song, though. In like. I do think that you're the you're right to kind of ignore the lyrics. Man, the, again, one last time for Eric Jacobson, because, yeah, we're talking about the fuzz box, but, like, all of the stuff that's happening here, the guitar solo in this song is awesome. The, like, I don't know how Not to describe it. Chris, you would be better at... Yeah, how do you describe what it, it... It's almost like the guitar does this, like, turn up and down the volume real quick type effect. You know mm. what I mean? Where it's, like 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 it's yeah. it's so there's so
0: much happening in the background yeah 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 <laughs> that's it's all production that's why yeah. eric jacobson i think really made this song come to life norman greenbaum is a folk artist i watched him play <laughs> songs live and it's just kind of like the kind of stuff that if somebody's playing it i'd be like okay I'm going to go get, I'm going to go to this food truck over here and get a taco. You know, it's just not that interesting to me. But yes, I'm sure that for years to come, people referenced the sounds in this song and elements of the production. And I really feel like that is what's so good about this song that otherwise would have been pretty forgettable. Um, And I am going to go with Thunder. So this is going to overtake it's gonna be two to one this song will be thunder all right uh but uh i think eric jacobson's a big part of that but uh anyway sam i hope you had fun I talking have about one home.
3: more snapple oh, y- sorry okay. guys let's hear it let's i have one more it. snapple pack for the day so john yes. lennon was criticizing did you guys see this john lennon was criticizing bob dylan and paul mccartney saying that he just loved. Simple rock music like Norman (laughs) Greenbaum.
4: Wow. John Lennon. I actually really love this song. I know a lot of people hate this song. John Lennon would attack uh, Paul McCartney regularly for writing what he called simple, stupid love songs. And that's Mm -hmm. why Paul McCartney wrote the song uh, Silly Love Songs when he was in Wings, was it was just like his retort to kind of just being like, is that necessarily a bad thing that like... Sometimes people like stupid love songs. <laughs> like, what do you want from me?
0: Right.
3: It's not like uh, Paul hasn't had his own career. So yeah, <laughs> quite proven.
0: <laughs> wow. That's, that's interesting that John liked this song. And John, and it's also interesting, you did say that Instant Karma was below this song, right, Matt?
4: Yeah, but it also said that Instant Karma was heading downward. So I'm sure oh. Instant Karma peaked higher than this song okay. did at some point in its
0: run. All right. All right. That's cool. But uh yeah. Hey Sam, I hope you had fun talking to us about Norman Greenbaum. And I also wanted to talk to you about the Rock and Roll Candle Company for anyone out there who, who might be interested.
3: Thank you guys. Yes, I have had a blast. And um additionally I do and uh sorry, let me start over now.
2: Yeah. Thank you
3: guys. <laughs> I have had a blast chatting about all things Norman Greenbaum and Spirit in the Sky. Um on top of working in the music industry, I also produce candles that are inspired by your favorite songs. So we have brown sugar, we have strawberry fields forever. We don't have spirit in the sky though. I don't know what that would smell like.
0: Oh, let's let's take a moment. Maybe we could. Can we develop? Can we develop what that would smell like real quick? We could.
3: What? A one hit thunder.
0: Wow. What guy. would it? What would the spirit in... The, what do you picture the spirit in the sky smelling? Because I, I already know what my answer would be to this. Uh, Is the, it
3: leather jacket and cigarette?
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> That's
4: good. You went oh, a different direction than me. I was going to say, for some reason, I feel like a vanilla smell.
0: Uh, but yeah, uh, leather jacket no. and cigarette probably leather works more. Leather jacket and cigarette <laughs> <smell>. <laughs> I, I thought I thought of like that, the few times that I've been to church and I... Uh, my family was like part of a, you know, some of my family is part of a Greek church, and they would just constantly be swinging these chains with things on the end that it was incense <laughs> with that the was smoke. so that was yeah <laughs> that was so thick that it like it was hard to breathe. What are you laughing about, Matt? What is it? What is it? I called? don't know.
4: That's a cat. That's a Catholic thing. But I know exactly okay. what you're talking about because
0: I've been to a Greek Orthodox wedding before. Okay, and I was right. like, why are we doing this? Why,
4: yeah, right. why, why is this happening?
0: <laughs> That's what I went with. That's what I kind of thought the spirit in the sky smelled like. But I love the idea of a leather jacket and cigarette scented <laughs> candle. So, uh, Sam, if you go through with it, you got to let us know. We, we, we'll we'll promote it on One Hit Thunder like crazy. Yeah. like You got
3: like it. I'll send it a your way.
4: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Love it. I need my house to smell more like leather jackets and cigarettes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Like Michael. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) Michael (laughs) scented.
4: hit thunder one hit thunder is hosted by chris lefagos of the band punchline and produced by matt kelly of geekscape.net underneath me you're hearing the getaway off the punchline album 37 everywhere be sure to check out Punchline.com for any upcoming news on the band our podcast is on patreon now find us at patreon.com backslash for early access to our episodes bonus conversations and a chance to vote on future songs for us to cover Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on any podcasting app, and tune in next week for more One Hit Thunder.
3: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant evergreen back catalog of episodes. We've had rock legends such as Dee Snider and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and -and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of the Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris makes a podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts and new episodes come out every Monday.